Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. How are you? Hope you're well out there in the interwebs. Today on the big show, simple stuff, man. We're talking about how not to be a slave to your feelings and how to witness to them instead. How to be a witness to your feelings instead of being a slave. Entangled, ensnared, ensconced, wrapped up by all the emotional uh, stuff that's going on. Because here's the deal, man. You've got feelings, you've got emotions, but they're, uh, you know, I like to say feelings aren't facts, right? Have you ever ever heard that? Feelings aren't facts? And we're going to wade through some of that, like how to be a real clear witness to what's happening inside of you, in your brain, in your soul, in the chest, wherever you feel stuff, wherever that stuff pops out. How to witness to that and how not to like... um, you know, just kill yourself, you know, with all the emotional stuff that's going on. How not to just be a slave to those. So on the website, by the way, jrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N. I'm a spiritual director. Um, and, you know, the other word that people like slow down and recognize is like life coach. Like like I tell people like I'm a life coach on crack, if you will. Um, but I'm a spiritual director. And uh, I basically sit with people in season, whatever they're going through, whatever you're going through right now, whether it's you're planning a new season or you just want to like understand what the hell's going on in the moment. Or maybe there's a major traumatic upheaval in your life. Maybe there is uh, just junk that's been floating around since you were a kid and you just want to talk and get rid of it. Um, and uh, I help you hear things. I help you hear things going on inside of you, uh, like clear, real clear pathways um, to understanding God and what God is uh, in you, around you. Um, and in life. And I think we need a little bit of that, right, in 2019 with all the crazy voices that are going down. I put a new blog up on the site, jerryman.com. You can go see that. I'm posting pretty much every day. Uh, feel free to weed through that. Uh, send me an email if you want, if you want to talk about all that stuff uh, that I got going on, and uh, appreciate you listening. Um, greetings to all of you uh, regular folks out there that listen. Appreciate you. Thanks for the emails and the texts and the DMs um, from show to show. And I know I'm not super consistent with this. A podcast like it's like every other week now at this point uh we just moved our family from san diego to um ohio uh everybody and i've told you this last time it's like everybody's like why the hell did you move to ohio uh, dude ohio's great i was just in like in the o'neill woods have you ever heard of this it's right above akron it's a place called o'neill woods it's just unbelievable it's like woods it's like mosquitoes are biting you and it's like there's crevices and ravines and big huge trees it's really great so uh check out ohio <laughs> <laughs> this show brought to you by. Uh, all right. How about how to be a slave to your feelings? So I, in kind of preparing for this, um, I've been reading a book by Martin Laird called Into the Silent Land. Um, it is on my uh, site under, if you go to uh, must reads, you can find this book. And uh, it just really, really has been sparking me the last couple of weeks or so as I've been sitting with this book and reading it. And it's uh, a fantastic book for those of you who are contemplatively minded um, and want to really investigate what's going on in the interior of who you are. Uh, it, this is perfect. And so a lot of this podcast comes kind of out of that kind of understanding that I'm having as I'm reading through this book. Because we are no doubt... Um, a culture, a society that is just absolutely enslaved by our emotions and our emotions. I mean, you can't look, go to Twitter real quick and you're going to see like a hat, a hotbed of like gooey, ooey, just drippy, emotional bullshit that 
comes out like at a constant force, like a fire hose. And so you don't have to look too far from Twitter, right? You go to Twitter, you get it right away. Everybody's kind of living in this emotionality and not having much wisdom to it or not having much sense or not having much witnessing to it. And the witnessing I'm talking about is to be able to slow down long enough to really start to understand some of these feelings. Like what is shame? What is guilt? What does it feel like? Where does it come from? What does it do to you? Anger. Like anger's easy, right? We get anger. Like some guy cuts you off in traffic real quick. Boom, you get hot. You start flipping people off and swerving your car around and acting like a jackass. Like we, we all get like those those real quick emotions. But like with the anger in, in the traffic, there is a way to like understand that that might happen. And when it does happen in the moment that you don't have to necessarily just allow that emotion to take over and run through your body and into your physical life. And I mean, you just, you, you don't have to. So that's just an easy present. I like to say feelings aren't facts. So, you know, some of you are clients that work with me, you hear me say that, like, yo, feelings aren't facts. Like, you know, just because you wanted to cut that guy off and kill him doesn't mean you did, doesn't mean that it is going to happen. Um, so I kind of broke this down into two things. And again, these lists that I'm going to give you right now, this funnel of thought that I'm going to spit at you is not a full, like by any stretch of the imagination, a period on the end of the sentence. There's much more to be added to both of these, but I kind of punch listed what's going on if you are slave to your feelings and what's going on if you're witnessing to your feelings. So the difference between them again, right? Slave is you've got no power over them. They, they come in and they just, they do what they want to do. Shame runs its course with you. Anger runs its course with you. Um, you know, you, you, grief just is running its way with you. Any kind of de- high depressive situation, it's just it's running away with you. Um, and you're completely paralyzed by what's happening with those feelings. The witnessing, on the other hand, is the ability to slow down contemplatively. Like you're going to have to really think through some of this stuff. You're going to have to process this stuff to, to really understand what the reality of a feeling is, does, and will do. Right. So that's where we're going. So the first kind of punch list is like a slave to your feelings. If you're a slave to your feelings, you're living a very reactionary life. Your life is based on your reaction, your reaction to everything. Like anything that's coming at you kind of is a shock and is new and is a surprise. It's just like traffic. We know we're going to get up every day and we know we're going to go climb into our car and climb into traffic. But somehow that guy cutting you off on the highway is like a brand new experience. And boom, off you go like a shot. Like it's never happened to you before. So you're leading a very reactionary life. Or somebody in your life is doing something you don't want them to do. Maybe... For instance, you have a friend or even a or even a family member that has is leading an alternate lifestyle that you don't agree with. But somehow the rea- the only thing you got for them isn't meeting them where they're at. It's just your emotions. So it's your opposition, your anger, your your discomfort, your sadness, your, you know, I, I hear sentences like, I'm disappointed with you. Like, you know, it's the only thing you're leading with is the emotionality of that. It's reactionary. You're super rea- and we don't and reaction living a reactionary life for the record is not a very mature life just so we get in there. It's not a very mature way to live. We are constantly at the mercy of our circumstances. In other words, circumstances are going to constantly uh, make us feel happy or sad. You know, I got a flat tire. Oh, I'm bummed out the rest of the day. Oh, I got to take my uh you, you know, I got to I got to take my dog to the vet. It's going to cost me a thousand bucks. I'm bummed out for a week. Like we're we're allowing circumstances when we are slaves to our emotions to just simply drive us. And that's not it. Circumstances should not be dic- should not be the dictating factor of your happiness and peace. That comes from inside of you as you witness what's going on. Your faith will be easily eroded and challenged if you're a slave to your emotions. Your faith 
will be easily eroded and challenged, or it will be easily eroded as it's challenged. In other words, you're not standing on your experience. You're not witnessing to your experience. You're not really holding true the guideposts of your faith. And, and everybody who has faith, for the record, has a little guideposts, right? It's like we, we can say when God worked. We can say when there is a miracle, right? We, we, we go back, oh, I remember two years ago and this thing happened and that it had to be divinely inspired, right? Well, when you're living your life on your emotions, all that faith is just easily crumbled down. Like somebody can just pop that like a like, you know, a big balloon and a little dinky pin, bunk, and it doesn't make much sense anymore. If you're a slave to your emotions, your ego will dominate your life. Always looking for satisfaction. You've heard me talk about ego before. Ego is constantly looking for satisfaction. The problem is you will never satisfy the ego. It'll constantly just be putting you on a gerbil wheel and helping you as much as it can into performance-based living which is living essentially in your and on your emotions, and it will just dominate you, and you'll be exhausted. Like, if you're living like that, you're super exhausted. Constantly performing for yourself, constantly performing for other people, super exhausted. Uh, if you're a slave to your feelings, you will always try to convince and prove your value and worth, which goes back to that second one. So if you're like just, if feelings, man, are just like a total dominating force, and you like, you know, one minute you're sad, one minute you're happy, based on either circumstances or what you deem other people's value for you, like, that's the thing. Your value and worth, you'll constantly be trying to prove it. Uh, if you're a slave, uh, you know, to those feelings, God will be Santa Claus and not a Transformer. God will be a Santa Claus. So it's like, you know, when Santa Claus comes, you're happy because you, you, you get stuff. So then it becomes this big ask of God constantly all the time to be happy. God, bring me the new job. God, bring me the new spouse. God, bring me the new spouse. God, bring me the new boyfriend. God, fix my spouse. God, fix my kids. Um, you know, you're, you're constantly outside yourself with whatever God will do will make you happy. For the record, he's not Santa Claus. Nothing like him. Doesn't even look like him, for the record. Uh, if you're a slave to feelings, uh, we'll have the proclivity to have a codependent life. In other words, we will, we, will, we, will, we will have the proclivity to kind of look at other people and help them work through the emotional responses of our life. Like, I'm going to be happy because you're happy. I'm going to be sad because you're sad, right? I'm going to move in a way to manipulate you in your emotional base and be overbloviated with it because I can control that in some way. So if my wife is happy, I'm happy. If my kids are happy, I'm happy. If my best friend thinks I'm awesome, then I'm awesome. You hear what I'm saying? If you're a slave, your family life will become how you control everybody. So think about what I'm saying real quick. If you're a slave to all those emotions that are going on inside of you and you're letting them drive you, right, versus a real understanding of who you are drive you, right, you're going to want to control every damn thing. That's how it goes. Your emotional life will be an upheaval all the time. Again, triggered on every single thing that comes in and out, like it's the first damn time that things have happened to you. You have to understand there's pain. You have to understand that there's anguish. There, shit will happen. That's just how it goes. But we can't be like, this is shocking. You know, we, we can't be like going into the political environment of the next ele election season. We, we can't just think like, you know, people aren't going to have opinions different than ours. And how dare them? <laughs> it's why this, it's why we're so easily offended in 2019. Because the emotions get scratched so easily. And we're not sure who we are. We're not witnessing to who we are. We're not really taking in who we are. Uh, if you're a slave, you will love with conditions. You will love with the conditions. And the conditions will always touch how you're feeling. Because how you're feeling is directing your life. If you're a slave, you will have 
uh, certainty as your ideology. If you're a slave to your emotions, certainty becomes a huge, massive play. It becomes very black and white. Your life becomes super black and white. There is no gray. There is no medium. There is no somebody else's opinion on something. It's just this is how it is because this is the way it makes me feel. Right and wrong will matter. Not that they shouldn't. I get it. Don't kill. I understand that. Don't lie. I I understand that. But right and wrong become this, like, constitution of, like, yours. Like, you hold the value of right and wrong. You decide what is right and wrong because it makes you feel a certain way. Your judgment will become your theology. Your judgment becomes your theology. So it, it just becomes, like, how you are thinking about the world because it makes you feel a certain way, and then how you judge because it makes you feel a certain way is going to become the rock and the mainstay of how you're living your life. All right, let's go to witness. So the concept in witnessing your feelings, again, is a contemplative kind of understanding. You're you're going to spend a little time, either you're talking with people about what's going on with you. This is, you know, this is me like going, yo, get a spiritual director, get a mentor, get somebody in your life that can reflect who you are, reflect love to you, help you give, help you receive the love, but certainly reflect, like hold up a mirror to what's going on. This is a dynamic, great, wonderful thing you can put in your life. If you don't have any of that in your life, again, I'm not selling anything. I'm just saying, yo, get somebody to reflect and to talk to because this is the first way that you're going to start really witnessing to what's going on inside of you. Kind of stepping away from who you are, stepping away from the self, stepping away from the ego, stepping away from the fear, and looking in and seeing really what is going on, who you are, true self. And obviously, I framework that with God. I framework that with God because it's the greatest power of love that the universe has ever known. Um, Okay, witnessing your feelings. You will start to see and hear your own voice as you start to witness your feelings versus just simply slave to them. So this is what I'm talking about. And, you know, and again, and I tell people in my life all the time as a spiritual director, I'm constantly giving you looks into what and who and how I do things because that's just the way it works in spiritual direction. Uh, the the best example I can use to be in a to being a slave to my feelings is I, I I I am the biggest character defect I have by far is anger. And if you were to ask my wife and ask my kids, like they would tell you the honest truth, and 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 I would not do it justice here, even if I try to tell you the truth. I can be a huge angry pain in the ass. I can be a loud, angry, rageful idiot. And it can be over something little or it can be over something big. And when, I, when I'm a slave to it, it, it like lasts, it could last for a long time in my house. And those who live with me know that and can tell you the stories. Sometimes, as I started my own contemplative journey, I was just unaware that anger was that dominating and, and, and could take up big chunks of my day. In fact, it could filter into places that would even look like I was peaceful. I'd still be pissed off under the surface. I'd be contemptuous under the, per, under the surface. I'd be resentful under the surface, angry right off the bat. But it, as I began to contemplatively move into, like really sit with myself, seek silence, seek some stillness, seek some prayer with God, and definitely work with a spiritual director. And my spiritual director, Cheryl, who's been my director for a while, really, really, like this whole thing is like really the work that I've been doing with her, right? So... As I began to really understand it, I began to understand and see myself true self, not just the value of angry JR, not just the value of 
of me just popping off real quick. But the value of what what is making that happen and then why do I just allow it to take over? What is that? And of course, a lot of it has to do with when I was a kid. A lot of it has to do with insecurity. A lot of it has to do with my fear. And a lot of it has to do with my shame. Like I become very shameful about who I am. I become very shameful thinking I'm not enough and that you don't love me and that you won't love me and that my value and worth are crap and garbage and that I'm a piece of crap. I really become that way and I can look at myself in the mirror and that can become so great that anger becomes the predominant emotion to help satisfy that mechanism of ego and safety and security so you know not to mess with me. So you know not to get near me. So you know that I am somehow weirdly, oddly, ironically in control. Right? So as I start to do that, as I start to witness to my anger, witness to what's going on there, witness to some of the baseline, fundamental, foundational aspects of my anger, I start to see and hear my own voice much more clearly. And guess what? It turns out I wasn't born angry. And I've heard people say that. I was born pissed off. I wasn't. I'm gentle and kind and funny. Uh, I, I love, I love, I love study. I obviously love the contemplative. I love my family. Like I love helping people. Like these are the voices of true self, not just that anger. So again, but I had to sit with this and I had to talk about it and I had to get it through. Okay. If you're a witness to your feelings, if you're starting to witness to that, if you're starting to really dive deep into stuff, you will start to hear your own bullshit much better. (laughs) You will start to hear yourself in an internal conversation know when you're trying to get away or manipulate uh, with something or somebody. That's all there is to it. And, and I'm telling you those days, like, and, and perhaps you're there, perhaps you hear yourself every now and then and you go, what the hell am I doing or saying? And that's fantastic. Well, that would be a separation from you being a slave to your feelings and starting to really witness what's going on. If you're a witness to your feelings, you will be less apt to lie to yourself. So a lot of times I justified my anger right? Uh, I'm supposed to be pissed because that happened, because they did this, because she said that, because this happened in my life. I'm allowed to. And so I'm going to be as angry as I want to be because damn it, I- I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to. And so it, lying to myself was like such a big deal as a part of that slavery. But when you become a witness to what's going on, y- you, you really lose a lot of that. If you're a witness to your feelings, you won't want to convince people of anything. If you start to really fire and understand about your shame, your guilt, your remorse, your anger, and all the stuff that plagues you in relationship, either with yourself or with other people or with you and God, you won't want to convince anybody. You'll be, in fact, you'll become much more liberated with who you are, nothing to prove, nothing to lose, which you've heard me say before. When you witness to your feelings and you really step outside of the box of who you are, like really step outside and take a clear look inside, you will listen better. You will hear people, you will hear the world, you will hear God better. You'll just hear things in a new pace because you won't be swallowed up by fear. You won't be swallowed up by anger. You won't be swallowed up by the immediacy of a circumstantial feeling. When you witness to your feelings, your family relationships will be built on honesty and not manipulation. Will built on honesty and not manipulation. So, you know, I tell people all the time about my daughter, like I can get super, super frightened and fearful in my relationship with my daughter. Um, 19, heading into college, driving, the whole driving thing freaks me out, totally fearful. And when I get fearful like that and I'm a slave to that fear, all of a sudden it becomes about me not wanting her to drive and then me acting in kind so she can't drive. (laughs) Right? That's a real thing. But that doesn't help her at all. It only keeps me a slave to my fear. In fact, it ties and binds her. So this whole idea of being a slave to your, to your emotions also will affect other people, for the record. 
When you're a witness to your feelings, you will be inclined to the contemplative, your inner world. You will be seeking peace. You will, you will step into more broader senses of silence and stillness in your daily life. You will seek silence and stillness. Whether that's prayer, meditation, yoga, or other spiritual practices that you love and like, and I know you people out there, you love and like them. Some of you get off on the singing bowls. Some of you just like a real clear shot at 20 minutes of meditation. Some of you like walking in the woods. Some of you just like sitting in a, in, in a yoga, in a hot yoga. Like what is you hot yoga people? I can't even, I hate being sticky, but man, I know some of you love it, right? You will seek this as you start to witness your feelings and not slave out. As you witness, faith will become your transformation. So it won't be so easily eroded. It will become the thing you transform on. The literal faith inside of you to go outside of yourself, to know that there is something bigger than you swarming around this, swarming around this universe, in love with you and looking to help you digest more of who you are true self. That will become like a rock. Not a rock that's immovable, but a strong and a strength a strength right? Something that you can rely on, something that you will have trust in, something that you can build history with. When you witness to your feelings, you will be better in the moment. So instead of just popping off me with my anger, it's like, I, I, I hope to God I've gotten better a little bit. And, I, and, and maybe I haven't, frankly. Maybe I'm just bullshitting myself right now. But I'd like to think I'm better in the moment. I like to think that when a condition or a circumstance comes by my way that's going to really piss me off, I like to think I have just one half step in front of it to witness what's going on inside of me, you go, okay, yo, 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 yo. You need to stay in flow and calm down. You need to stay in flow and know that circumstances aren't going to control you and that these feelings that are raging right now don't necessarily have to have you pop off and move you around the room like an idiot. I'd like to think that. I hope that's true. <laughs> witness to your feelings. You will seek the divine when you, are, when, you, when you truly start centering and witnessing on what's going on inside of you. And divorce yourself away from just having those feelings just be, you know, wrapped around you like a blanket. You will, I guarantee you, you will seek the mystery of God. You will seek God. You will seek God. Now, at this point, there's like a bunch of uh, evangelical voices out there that listen to me that are like, say Jesus, say Jesus, you must say Jesus, say Jesus, say Jesus, say Jesus, Jesus, say, say Jesus right now. Jesus, how's that? Okay, great. So, but you will seek the divine. You will seek this mystery of love. You'll seek this, this largeness, this power that is out there that is, that is creating this drive for you to get outside of yourself, to lose your life and find it. When you're a witness to your feelings, your, your, your life is not yours. Your life all of a sudden becomes a service to other people. You start to put yourself away and sit down a little bit on all the bullshit and selfishnesses that you have inside of yourself, and all of a sudden you start reaching out to others. You start seeing need, and need becomes a thing that you want to help. You see the border differently. You see people at the border differently. You see the LGBTQ community differently. You see divorce differently. You will see even the hardest and craziest of the theological insanity differently. You will see Trump differently. You will see the Democrats differently. When you witness to your feelings, you will seek love and want it. You will want love. Because love will be the thing that fills you, not just the immediacy of a 
crazy, out-of-control feeling running through your life. Love will become the dominant. Jesus says, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who understand at your core and essence you need God. You need Him. You need Him. Uh, You'll be less likely to fight this is if you are witnessing to your feelings. If you're witness, if you're hold, if you're holding in kind to who you are, you will be less likely to fight and more likely to listen. God forbid we listen. Listen and listening involves the ears, obviously, but it also involves the idea that you are not center stage. What? And the last one for witnesses is you will carve out healthy scenarios before you get emotionally upheaved. So here, 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 here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. When you are start witnessing to your feelings, when you really start to understand that that stuff is real, what you're doing is, is you're tapping into a great loving power. And so what happens in the moment is, again, you're just one step ahead of them, one inch ahead of them. And that one inch ahead of them, that one split second, hopefully is enough for you to kind of take a real quick snapshot of what's going on in the moment. It takes a lifetime, y'all, to get really good in the moment. It takes a lifetime to be in the present. As uh, Thomas Keating says, it takes a lifetime to do nothing. And I love that line, man. It takes a lifetime to do nothing. We are so always wanting to be moving with our emotional responses so people hear us and know us and we can convince them of this and move them this way and do them that way and they shouldn't be doing this but that way and this is the way it makes me feel. You become better in the moment. You become better at being outside yourself. So listen, I wish you all I wish you all well. I really do. Uh, I'm jrjrman.com, jrmahon.com. If you got any questions about uh, witnessing and slavage, uh, to your emotions, you can hit me at jr at jrman.com. The numbers on the website, check out the blog that's on my site called The Work. Obviously, there's more podcasts there. And if you're looking for a session, it is summer. I'm open. Uh, go ahead and call me. Uh, go ahead and email me. There's a little thing on the website that you can email me and tell me what's going on, and we can set up a session. But, man, I love you, and I look forward to seeing you next time.